What are you listening to? You don't know that the guy's just put I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's... All right, listen up, y'all. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colasano here with Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? Hello, hello. Ooh, he sounds ready to go today. Um, we got a lot. This is gonna be a like, what seven, eight hour podcast today. Oh, it's gonna be a long Something one. Something like Buckle that. Up. I got the time. shuffle up and deal. Yeah, we're gonna have to take pauses to report um, whiskey, and I'm gonna probably need a second cigar. We got a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go first today because it's a subject that uh, you young fellers may not be as in tune to, which is a shame. Um, and I'll explain why. Marvelous Marvin Hagler bites the bullet at 66. Way too young. Uh, we don't really know why, but it doesn't really matter why he's gone. And it's uh, sad. We were talking a little bit before we started the show. Um, he was a uh, champion for eight years, held the bell for eight years. This was an era when Hagler was champion, or when he, I shouldn't even say just when he was champion. The 70s and 80s uh, were a great just a great era in boxing. This is kind of like the end of Muhammad Ali's time as, you know, big name into... And, and you see this evolution of the sport going from more like brawlers and maulers to boxers, like a science, the sweet science as they like to call it. And in this period of the 70s and 80s, we had guys that were very, very skilled boxers but went in the ring with the intention to hurt the other guy and lay him flat on the ground. And there may have been no better fighter at doing that at the time than Marvin Hagler. Uh, he was fantastic. He had a record of 62-3-2 with 52 knockouts. Uh, that's, you know, 10, wow. 10, 10 wins that he had out of 62 were not by knockout. Like, And, those, and I'm, I'm aware of a couple that were near the end right before he lost his belt. So he was a knockout artist. Uh, he was he was Clubber Lang. Like he was, you know, a smaller version of Clubber Lang. Anybody who's watched Rocky Three, which I just watched the other day. It's so good. <laughs> hey, woman. Hey, woman. Why don't you come over to my place? I'll show you a real good time. So anyway, <laughs> Mr. T just was the best. Um, yeah, he was a boxer fighter. And a lot of those guys were boxer fighters. And I had said to you, you got to check out Hagler versus Hearns, maybe the greatest three rounds. Pretty sure it was three rounds. Maybe the greatest three rounds in the history of boxing. I stand by that. There's other fights that you can say from start to finish are better, I suppose. I can't see how it would be possible for any other fight to be more entertaining. The only way it could have been more entertaining, I guess, is if they were somehow able to stand in front of each other for a couple more rounds. But it was just amazing. Um, and... That era and him, maybe more than any others, I guess you could say Tommy Hearns also. Um, he made that fight with Hagler, and he was very much like this as a boxer himself. They were um, everything you want from a boxer, everything you want from a boxing match. So um, while he, you know, his his boxing days are long gone, it is kind. Of, I I I said to you, like I'm taking this a little harder than I would have expected. I guess it was just like a piece of my youth. 
um, a guy that I really sure. admired. I mean, really admired him for his craft, for what he did. Like I said, he was just as good a boxer as he was a fighter, and uh, and he was a damn good fighter. So, uh, just some sad news. Some sad news. Yeah, it's just one of those things that brings you back, you know, watching the fights with your dad or your buddies. And, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. I hear you. So, I got you. We pay our respects. We do the right thing. We pay our respects. And yes. now we, we move on to the living, of course, because life is for the living. And um, one more kind of, I don't know what you would call it, like a finale story before we get into all the good stuff. Drew Brees, finally, on the day he uh, signed with New Orleans um 15 years ago calls for his retirement what are your first thoughts about it well you know it's funny you talk about death i think he had a dead right arm at the end of his career mm. as some of my buddies like to point out um and still threw for like 44,000 yards and in still 12 managed games. to get <laughs> and still managed to get michael thomas 140 something receptions or whatever that was two years ago but yeah um i liked how he retired on the day he signed i think that's very drew Brees, you know ish like smart thinking about it and he meant a ton to new orleans at a time when new orleans needed a boost oh uh, for sure like, um so him and sean Payne had a phenomenal run together um let me give you some stats to throw some please. numbers behind what he did passing yards uh eighty thousand plus yards number one on the list right now yep. touchdown second on the list with 571 571 touchdown passes oh completions God. now these next two stats are very interesting because he was second in in attempts 10,500 or so but he was first in completions and what does that tell you takes me to my last one completion percentage great uh second best all time 67.7 percent the yeah. guy was as accurate a passer at six feet tall yeah, trying to like you could always see him like trying to look over that offensive line or look between Tippy windows, toes, anchor the neck. Yeah, uh, he was his, and and maybe his greatest stat of all that uh, the game is evolving. The game is way more of a passing league, and they're going to be adding a game either this year or coming soon. But there have been. If I'm not mistaken, I think there have been six players in the history of the sport to throw for 5,000 yards. None of them, none of them have done it more than once, except for one guy, wow. Drew Brees, and he did it five times. That's nuts. That includes Peyton Manning. That includes Dan Marino. That includes the great and almighty Jameis Winston. Didn't he throw for 5,000 yards last year? <laughs> That Tom Brady, who we acknowledge as perhaps a middling god, the goat, not even human, five friggin'. I, I just when I saw that, I'm like, wow, there are five other guys who've done it once, and he's done it five times, man. That's, yeah, that's that's nutty. That it's just amazing. So. And he was and he was very dull, durable for most of his career until the very end. That the last two years, I think he was getting a little more banged up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, listen, he's you know, forty years old. And one thing that you pointed out that I think needs to be pointed out one more time because it's bigger than football. When Katrina hit, um, I don't want to put it all on him that he healed New Orleans and healed Louisiana because I think it was the New Orleans Saints because then they won a Super Bowl and. Th that town needed somebody and something to rally around. And he, was, he was the face of it, to he, be fair. You're yeah. absolutely, I was going to say, he was the face of it. 
Um, he did he did and has continued to do, and from what he says, will continue to do so much for that area. But yeah. at that time, I mean, they were shipping people to Texas to like stay in Texas until until the war. I mean, it was a bad time. It was a bad time. Oh, and man. and him and those Saints really rallied an area like you, you don't see that very much. You know, you don't see that kind of thing. So maybe that should be on the top of all his accomplishments when you really think about it. The one kind of I'll call it a disappointment. There's nothing. He has nothing to prove to anybody. I, I don't think his career in any way, shape, or form is a disappointment. I'm just saying the one thing that I would consider a slight disappointment, one Super Bowl. One Super Bowl appearance, too. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at even this past season when they talked about, you know, teams that had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl and then you include the quarterbacks and they always say, like, you know, it's you can get one, but if you can get two, it kind of makes you immortal. I mean, Trent Dilfer and Rob Johnson have Super Bowl <laughs> rings. Brad um, Johnson. Brad Johnson. What did I say? Rob Johnson? Rob Johnson. Yeah, he Florida played for State, the Rob Bills. Johnson? Yeah, he was bad. Jesus Christ. Uh, good athlete, but bad quarterback. To have just one Super Bowl, if he would have had, let's put it this way, if he would have had, he's he's iconic. He's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's a no brainer. But those stats that we just went over, that's like greatest quarterback of all time stats, or second greatest quarterback of all time. If you got a second Super Bowl, I'm not. Sure. If you made a list, because Peyton Manning has two. And let's be honest, the second one with Denver had nothing to do with Peyton Manning. That was an amazing defense. No. Yes. Um, but we don't Thank think God. about that. We say he's got two. Most people, I would guess, would put Peyton Manning ahead of Drew Brees. Well, let me ask you, would you? Who would I would, you? yeah. You put Peyton Manning ahead of him? I would, yeah. I think I probably would, too. If Aaron Rodgers got a second one, which that's – it was Aaron, it was the discussion about Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, like if they could get a – they were in the playoffs last year along with Tom Brady, obviously. Am I, am I mistaken, or were those the only two? Uh, not Tom Brady. Oh, only two that were in the playoffs with one Super Bowl ring last year. Breeze Rogers, I guess Roethlisberger was too, but they weren't a real threat to win it. Well, and Mahomes had, you know. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, you got to throw him in there. He only had yes. one. No, for sure. And and he was included in that conversation of there's something about getting your second one that yeah. just. It elevates you to a different class. Yeah, like we look at Mahomes as the best quarterback in the league right now. And I would agree with that. But when you start to put them in like the pantheon of, of all-time greats, let's be honest. If he doesn't win another one, because he's already been crowned like this amazing god of a quarterback. Well, just Aaron Rodgers 12 years ago. <sighs> same exact. Yeah. It's like looking into a you mirror. Were, almost, he was man. crowned. Aaron Rodgers was. And Mahomes now. They're crowned great, 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 great. I, th I I would assume that what Andy Reid there and Mahomes and what they can do, like they'll win another Super Bowl. But you should never assume that. And if they don't, it tarnishes that part. It tarnishes. It, 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 Go ahead. It's funny. It's funny you say that because he's a what? He's going into year five. Who are we talking Patty? about, Mahomes? Yeah. Uh, Mahomes? Yeah, I believe you're right. Year yeah. five, mm -hmm. I think. Okay, so he's got what? A safe to say ten, ten good years in him left. You know, easily, yeah. Marino, Marino went to Super Bowl year two. That's why you said you can't assume. Absolutely. So another point hey, in too, in current history, you just mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers, and we know right. Russell Wilson well, back to back won the first one, didn't win the second one, just like well, Mahomes. Just look, just look what happened in that span. In that 10, 12 year span, Brady won four more. That's insane. 
It's insane. So, so we don't know what's going to happen. If Patty only wins one, what does Wilson win another one? Is there a phenom that comes? Another phenom? Because there's always a, a yeah. phenom that you're comes. You're looking at Josh Allen. You're looking at Lamar Jackson. Correct. You're looking at Deshaun Watson. You're looking yep. at... Uh, you know, hey, you got you got a new quarterback. You got you got a guy right here in, in I was gonna say San Diego. I just can't get past the Chargers not being San Diego. I got. Oh, they will I, always be San Diego. I know. Oh, um, but Justin Herbert is Absolutely. he's elite, dude. They know he's elite. He's elite, big, strong. Uh, mentioned Josh Allen. You got Trevor Lawrence coming out of the draft this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it doesn't get easier. And like we've talked about a million times, and I'm not gonna get into this, but just like once you start paying your quarterback. It yeah. gets harder to put a complete team together. And, and the Chiefs are going to find that out sooner than later. They already are. Yeah. And yeah. he's not even making his uh, max amount yet. So, um, and Drew Brees, interestingly enough, was one of those guys that kind of gave the hometown discount. It wasn't a huge discount, but it was it was a little bit of a discount. And um, and it yeah, kept that were, team together for a long time. They had, a, they had a hell of a run for a long time. They ended up having good teams because, he, you know, he was a little more... Unselfish for sure, for sure. As, as some as some guys are. So. There was a couple years in there where the defense was pretty bad after after the Super Bowl, but their offense was yeah. always so good that they were never worse than like a, a seven or eight win team for those those Correct. couple years. But then they built that defense up again. And anyway, he's another one deserves our respect. First ballot Hall of Famer, no brainer. Do you put him in your top ten all time? Top ten? Oh, for yep. sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Top ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have to really think about that with Peyton Manning because I'm at least savvy savvy enough to know that Peyton Manning didn't have anything to do with them winning a set. Like he got benched for multiple games for Brock Osweiler in that same well, season. He was, well, he got hurt too. He got benched. All right, relax. <laughs> <laughs> well, benches maybe, I think kept him on the bench is maybe a stronger word than bench. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it any way you want. They were, that's what, how about this? They were in no rush to get him back on the field. That's fair. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. That seems fair. And listen, don't disrespect the top five guy all the time. No, I, I would never do that. So, all right. So, here's one. I just got to do this now. I got to throw a couple names out. Drew Brees or Dan Marino. Like, I guess oh, who would you rather that's, have? That's very close for me. That is very close for me. Um... Dan Marino's my favorite, so I can't. I, would, can't I, know, I know he's number 13, sir. Um, <laughs> I, I, would probably, I would probably lean Marino. Yeah. I think on a different team, Marino yeah. would have won. Well, no if Marino played now, he'd be, holy shit, with the numbers oh he put God. up. Like, it's very, so, di- I mean, very I, different. I, I know, Although they I threw the ball, the they threw the ball right. a hell of a lot. They threw the ball a lot, man. They were one of the first teams to really start to air it out. So, yeah, that's. Um, Breeze was good. And he overcame a lot. You come from Purdue, not exactly like a big name. Well, you know what? San you Diego couldn't the, wait to get rid of him. Well, Purdue was kind of like the first college to start going to that spread five they wide. Absolutely were. Killer, so. I have playbooks. He was perfect from Purdue timing. at that era. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I like that yep. stuff. I, I I thought that was way ahead of their times. They were pulling stuff from kind of minor colleges. Yes, and especially in the Big Ten, where it's three, bro- three yards yeah, of cloud it, of dust. Man. All that stuff came from schools who were outmatched by better, uh, bigger, more yes. physical teams, and they said, "Well, we can't out physical you, so we're going to spread you out." And Tiller so did that, yep. and you know they had a number of years there that they were very, very good. Uh, they went to two Rose Bowls. Jim Everett. Jim Everett was a quarterback at Purdue, also. That was okay, Chris. Chrissy Everett. 
<laughs> oh, you remember that, dude? Oh, the Jim Rome epic. Yes, that was classic. Hold me, Chris, one more time. You got it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tomorrow's a big day. Huge day. One everybody, of my favorite days. Everybody loves this time of year, and if you don't, you should – no, you should still listen to the podcast, but you should <laughs> you should watch. And um, NCAA tournament, March Madness. Yes, sir. First impressions of what you – like – you know, what you're expecting or first impressions so, here. So right off the bat for you, I got a question for you. So as you know, Gonzaga is undefeated. Mm. Would you take Gonzaga or the field? <sighs> this is an interesting one because it's a it's a strange year where all the blue bloods, or at least most many of the blue bloods, are either not in it or, or brutal. not expected to do well. So if there was a year that it was going to happen – this would be the year. I just think it makes sense in that case to take the field. I always take the field. You would, especially if Gonzaga against any one team. Take yeah, take the field. But you know, I do think this is kind of like a UNLV running rebels situation from back in the day. And wow, I just think they're that they're that good. And for the first time. At Gonzaga, they have what you would call like a one and done or like a lottery pick kind of guy, which they never really do. This kid chose to come to Gonzaga. In fact, when over he told a lot, over a lot of stud schools, man. Yeah. Like, in fact, the head coach was on on TV today saying when he first was told that Suggs wanted to go there, he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds good. But I'm not going to. And, and his, I think it was his coaches or scouts were like, no. You don't understand. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. He wants to come to Gonzaga. Yeah, he wasn't buying it because he's never heard that before. Yeah, he doesn't get him. He doesn't get those kind of guys. He'll get some four stars, but he's not getting any five stars. And he's yeah. fine with that because they're more about culture. Listen, he's he's built a he's built a monster. It's over incredible. There. It's incredible. And he has no intention of going anywhere. He loves his job. He oh, loves yeah. where he lives. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. and I I, I am with him hundred percent on that. So while I, I think I think Gonzaga clearly has the best chance of anybody to win it. I would still take the field. I I, 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 I agree. Field. So to piggyback off that, Gonzaga being undefeated, and a little this is how sports works. It's just funny how this happens. The last undefeated team, do you know who it was? To win it? Yeah. Last undefeated team to go on. Was it 77 Indiana? 76 Indiana. Damn, Very close. I was way off. And, and you know what also was unique about that? I heard something unique about it today, and I can't remember what the hell it is. Was there a pandemic? Oh, God. <laughs> I, w- I wish a pandemic on nobody going forward. Um, no, it was the last time Duke and Kentucky both oh, missed the tournament. That's right. That's right. Which is bananas if you think about it. Like, it is. Coming back like full circle like that, man. It's. And what do you think about that? What do you think about Duke and Kentucky missing the tournament while I got you on that topic? Well, I don't think it's a bad thing. If it's a one-time thing, correct. Like, you know, I have a, I have I have a cousin who hates Duke, but yet he watches every game when they're on ESPN. It's kind of like the Yankees. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you either love Notre the Dame, Yankees, Notre Dame football. Yeah, yeah, you either love them or you hate them. And if you hate them, you might you might watch even more because you want to see them lose. Mm-hmm. But after a while, you might get a little sick of it. And I get that. I, I totally get that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were like that with the Patriots, even though every time the Patriots were in it, they were the highest rated Super Bowls. Yeah. Because yeah. we hate dynasties, 
we hate that we love dynasties. And we love to hate them, too. It's all in the same. It just is what it is. So maybe maybe that they're out for a year. I think that's good. And maybe for a Suggs to go to Gonzaga and uh, a Michigan to be a one seed and a team like... And a Baylor to be a one seed, too. Like, 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 I think that's good for a year. I don't think you'd... as much as everybody might say, oh, this is a new trend and this is good. No, I don't think I don't so. know that that's true. I don't know that you want the Packers to be bad for a long time. I don't know I that don't you... We... I hate the Cowboys, but I wouldn't want the Cowboys to be perennially bad every year. Dude, it's Just not, not fair not to good. Even say that about... It's not even fair to say that about Duke. What Krzyzewski's done there with the academics and, and the ACC, to have one year hiccup, dude, to me is... I understand. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's been a... No, I'm agreeing with like, you know... I've read articles where, like, they want Coach K out. Like, what are you, out of your mind? Oh, no, like, come on, dude. Like, come on. He's like, the greatest, be, he's greatest coach yeah. in the history of sport. What are you talking about? You talk on, on a national scene anymore. Oh who said that? Coach K, I forgot who it was. I saw it on one of those ESPN He's too old things. now? He's past his prime he's one losing, year? Is he, is he losing his touch to get – listen. Slow because down. You, because, listen, this year, like you said, it's a crazy year on many different levels. But look at your look at your one seeds. Look at your two seeds. They're veteran clubs. Yes. They're veteran clubs. The Duke, the Arizonas, the Kentuckys. Michigan State now, Wizzo's gotten to that one-and-done scene a little bit now, and I think maybe going forward, Juwan Howard at Michigan's going to get into that a little more. But listen, it's all right to be. It's all right to have a veteran. Yeah. Like That's why we talk about the NBA once in a while. Me and my buddies, we're not big NBA people. I think the NBA is a better product when you have these guys that are there three, four years in college. They're more mature. They know the game better. They know life better. They know money. It's just a better – so, like, that's why these teams in this tournament this year – I love Iowa senior heavy, Michigan senior heavy, Gonzaga yeah. beside that one guy, Illinois senior heavy. Isn't so, it interesting in a year of total craziness that the teams that have junior and senior stability are the ones that really – are at the top of the heap and yeah. your ones and two seeds. Yeah. It's not yeah. they're it's not necessary not that they're not talented teams. I mean that's that's absurd of course. But it's just not um you know, it's, it's not, not the one and doneers. It's the teams <laughs> who have that that senior leadership, that stability that were able to handle the I mean Michigan at one point, what they go 3 weeks without a game. They went three weeks without a game, and not one guy in the program tested positive. It was a kid on a field hockey team, and the governor shot him down. It's insane. But they come back after a three-week they shutdown and, and win roast. and beat Ohio State. Like, they go the on Iowa, a, the yeah, like Iowa, beat tournament teams, man. Like Yes. And you don't do that if you don't have, you know. Great leaders and great and, and great veteran uh, system. As yeah, I, and and as you sit there with your Michigan hat on, Jawan Howard. Oh. Jawan Howard deserves a lot of credit, man. He, he deserves a lot of credit. He brought in some he good does. players, but he's held that team together through some funkiness. So, with Jawan Howard to go to talk about Michigan for a second here, um, they had the great John Beeline before John ha- Jawan Howard. Who's got a good there. coach? He was a phenomenal coach, and Michigan basketball was in the dumps for a long time, man. They were at sanctions, uh, the Fab Five, the Eddie, the, I think it was the Ed Martin scandal. They took the damn banners down. Yeah. No one wanted that job, man. So Beeline gets it coming from a great program in West Virginia. It took him two, three years to get rolling. But, he, man, to go to two Final Fours, two Elite Eights, two championship games, and, and with one five-star recruit in that whole 12 years he That's was at Michigan. That's incredible, man. It's That's something. culture. Yeah. Right. So Juwan Howard did take over a good program 
And listen, but Juwan Howard also, give him a little credit too. All the guys you talk to, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, the Fab Five guys, he was a coach way before his time. Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He recruited half those guys to go to Michigan, number one in 92, 91, whatever it was. And then the way Wade and these guys talk about him now was like, the end of his career, he didn't do much, obviously, playing-wise, but he was a sixth coach, fifth coach. For sure. And then he got the coach on a great Miami team, because we talk about that roster off the off the air with Spolstra, Pat Riley. Yep. They know what they're doing, dude. You know, there's a reason why Spolstra still wins without Dwayne Wade, without LeBron James, yeah, for sure. without Chris Bosh, because he knows what he's doing. Going so to the finals for, last year definitely validated him as absolutely, a coach, for sure. 100%. So for Juwan Howard to soak all that up, and then when Michigan came calling, a lot of people bad-mouthed him. He never coached a day in his life. He never could have – listen, he was a sponge. He was a sponge. He soaked up, and he's got a great personality. And I think he's a. I think he's just a great fit for college, and the fact that he's at Michigan is fantastic. So. Yeah, it's definitely working out. That's for sure. That's definitely for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, one of the best parts about the tournament is the upsets. Um, it, unless you're, unless it's your team, like <laughs> you. I mean, I, this is just yeah, me, right? Yes, like, absolutely. Unless I got money on a game or it's a team that I root for, I want the lower seed. To, I'm rooting for the lower seed. Sure, sure. You, you know what I'm saying? So, if you were to look at the brackets, who can you kind of like point out? Like, hey. These are some sleeper teams you may want to keep your eye on. So I have a couple off the top of my head in the West bracket just on the fact that either injury for the higher seeds or COVID-related. Hmm. So you're It's amazing sorry, we have to factor that in, right? Oh, it's not, it's man. It's like sorry. this weird the, thing that was, we got to factor. The West, that was the West bracket, excuse me. Okay. So the five twelve game, Creighton against University of California, Santa oh Barbara. God, I isolated this one too. I don't know if it's for the same reason, but... So, they are rolling. What are they, the Gauchos? Santa Barbara? Yeah. I have no idea, but go ahead. They are rolling. And Crane, to me, is not a great a great team. I they got exposed against Georgetown the other night. Maybe. But what? So, I think go Creighton ahead. is a pretty good team. But they had that little controversy with the coach with the saying coach, plantation yeah. or whatever the hell yeah. he said. Yep. I don't want to go. I don't want to like litigate that on here because I don't. I, I didn't look into it enough because I just you don't know. You don't know enough about it. And right? I don't really want to know enough about it. I I, I, I saw the quote and I, I don't think he meant it in any way. It's an old slogan that we say. Oh, this guy just went off the plantation. Like it's just an old saying that I guess you can't say anymore. I know he didn't mean anything by it. Yeah, and all his players back to cancel up too, culture so that, shit. Maybe yeah. that's a conversation for us to have on another day, but not right now. But it did happen. And there was contention, there was controversy, and they haven't been the same since. But you know what, though? To be fair to him, they did win two games in the Big East tournament before the Georgetown game. So, I, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah, fair. I'm just I, saying, I like, for me, that. that's a reason to put them on upset alert. I got you. Like, that's a reason. Like, you make the point of used to Santa Barbara playing pretty well. They're, they're hot as a pistol. Um and I'm saying they're coming up against what could be a ripe team for an upset because sure. of the kind of negativity that has surrounded them. That's all. Now, Creighton will probably go out and beat them by 25, which would be proper. But Oh, yeah, I'm going to put money on that now that we both agree. <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, Creighton, <laughs> Creighton for, for a nickel. Um, uh, one of the teams that I'm interested in, because uh, of something that I heard today when I saw um, – Mark Few being inter interviewed, the Gonzaga head coach, was that I'm I'm keeping an eye on BYU. 
Because BYU, now I can understand if Gonzaga, like in an early round, in, in, a conf, in their conference tournament, in an early game, if they were a little laxed, if they were a little sluggish, if they came out yeah. a little slow, I would understand that because they, they annihilated everybody. I mean, they just they scored 90 every game. I mean, they just annihilated everybody. But in the championship game of your conference, nobody's sleeping. Yeah, they were, and they they were, were getting, down at the half, weren't yeah, they? They were getting beat. Yeah. And they were getting beat by BYU, who is um, a pretty good team. So I'm keeping an eye on them. Uh, I have them going. I think I have them winning two games in the tournament. What are they? Are, are they a six seed? They are a six seed, and they play the winner of the Spartans of Michigan State and the UCLA Bruins this evening yeah. on a playing tip, late night tip tonight. Yeah, and I think they beat either one of those teams. And uh, I forget who they would end up, who I had them play in the second round, but it doesn't matter. I think I got them winning. So they games. play. So they play Texas Abilene Christian winner in game in, in game number two. Yeah, I think I have them beat in Texas. I, I just think I think they're they're one of those teams. You know, it's another one who like BYU doesn't exactly send guys to the NBA, so they're very senior senior junior oriented. No, nah, dude, I got your I got your game right now. I know exactly what you're doing. Talk to me. You're on this BYU Cougar Zach Wilson kick. <laughs> You you are all over the Cougars. You have the t-shirt ordered. You are locked and loaded. BYU. BYU. <laughs> you oh got my the God. Jimmy Man headband on the way. I Let's bought go. I bought uh, an open plot of land in, in Utah, so I'm getting my gear ready. I didn't even think of that. That's so funny. <laughs> so another game I had circled for Upset City. The Winthrop Falcons or Eagles, whatever they are, against the Villanova Wildcats. I do, Villanova too. Oh, I swear it. to I'm, God. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ruining your bracket. Up. Oh, my God. Do you have a camera here? I am God. ruining your bracket. This is oh, horrible. So, so Villanova <laughs> is all banged up, man. They are they are limping into this thing. And Jay Wright is phenomenal. But I think this is even too much to ask uh, to make a run in this tournament for that team. What the hell? How do I get? How the hell do I even get to my bracket? Is it here? Oh, that's not a good sign. I, I, I don't know how to get to it. Oh, here we go. It's going to be an app. Yeah, I know. I don't know what to do. I, I picked them already. Uh, this is no good. ESPN. ESPN is just falling apart. They suck. They are falling apart. I agree with that. <laughs> anyway, because then I, you know, I don't know what the hell. It's not showing what I picked, even though I picked it. Um, yeah, I swear that was one that I had that, uh, cause I heard the same thing. I heard like they're a little banged up and yeah, which is interesting because that actually goes against, well, maybe cause they're, they're, they might be missing players, but they're another squad who over the last, I don't know what, 15 years have come more into prominence. Uh, I'd say 10, 10. Okay. Um, and they're not a five-star recruiting school. No, they're not. They get they're those guys that guys stick too, around. Yeah. Yep. for for four five Absolutely. you know four years and Absolutely. um good call on that pete yep you know he he knew what's his name right jay right yes. jay right knows i'm not getting those guys right now i don't know that he wants them because he's built something there again it's culture and they've done they've done okay it's interesting the whole one and done thing kentucky started that and they won they won a championship maybe they won two championship maybe he even really I guess uh, what's his name started that with Memphis. I was just gonna say, yep, the Derrick Rose years. I think was so that was the thing for a little while. But if you really look back now, for for a while, it's it's not a terribly successful strategy anymore. 
Listen, you get guys in the NBA early, but you're not winning college. You're not winning many championships in college. And you, and to be honest, you're not going to many Final Fours either. It doesn't look like it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, even with Zion last year, Duke. They lost know. in what? The Elite Eight? Yeah. yeah or whatever he carried was, them so. and they lost. So it's just, it's you know, what's interesting about that is Coach K was one of the really, like, he held out for the longest time. He didn't want to play that way. Yeah. But he was losing in the Final Four, losing in the championship. And he's like, I'm going to have to. Meanwhile, now he's losing even earlier. Well, you know, and, and you know what's funny? He was winning with those four or five, John Shires and whatever these guys' names are. Like, he was winning with those guys. So, yeah. I, it was, it was, it was, a, I, I was shocked he took the approach. He begrudgingly did. He kind of just acknowledged that this is the way it is. And it, it was, but for a very, very short time. So, that's interesting anyway. And, and just to go back on what you were saying with like the smaller schools, with, Look at Loyola Chicago a couple years ago. They went all the way to the Final Four. I, I'm going to tell you something. I picked them the again. Teams. I picked them. Did you pick them this time? I picked them in round one, but I can't <sighs> I can't have them beat Illinois, though. Illinois is, Illinois is too powerful. All right, I picked them in round one again. So if I screwed you there, too, I, I No, that's, I that's only an 8-9 game. That won't kill me that bad. All right. All right. That I could forgive you on, my friend. All right, so speaking of Illinois, is Florida State in their, in their region? Well, Florida State is in Michigan's region. Okay, I got some bad news for you. You took the Seminoles. I, listen, I understand. Listen, the way that the way the ESPN app is set up, that I didn't actually even, makes me happy that you. I did. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm a mush. Um, the way the ESPN app is set up, I couldn't even tell what friggin' round I was picking. Like, it's just the you don't even you got. I don't know. It's just it's it's not very good. But anyway, I'm like I don't know. I think I just think Florida State maybe they're a little more athletic than Michigan and. Um, I got them. Well, listen, I, they got a long way to go before they play Michigan too. So let's like let's not. I got them. Let's not let's not pencil that in right away. I got them going that far. And I'm not penciling in Michigan without. They're Isaiah a four seed. Either, well, so this is what I mean by like the app is not very clear. I turn I turn around and I'm like, oh damn, I I, I got Florida State in the Final Four. Listen, that's. It's not absurd, but I didn't. It's, it's not, not what I was thinking. Like that, man. I think like, I think that's why I texted you and said this is what I got because I was like, huh. This is what I got, huh? How did I end up here with this? <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I'm just surprised that I got to where I got to. I'm like, I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. I was taking these teams. Interestingly enough. So I have I have another I have another statement or a question for you about two legendary one legendary coach and one legendary player. Yeah. So I love that you you segment you segued me right into Florida State. So if Florida State wins and the Georgetown Hoyas Ooh. win. Mr. Patrick Ewing has got the Hoyas out of nowhere running through that Big East last weekend. No, and what was their uh, record? What like what was their record during the regular season? It was it was five hundred, I think, at best. All right, so you know what I got them? I I got them losing in the first round. Okay, Colorado, yeah. I get it. See, I like riding those hot teams, like you know, a little bit. Like some sometimes that's good, and sometimes. Now six days off kills it. it I think they blew their. Yeah, you could say like they blew their load, and yeah, I get it. Could be I old, get it. but you know, it could. You could absolutely be right. Plus, but, but, no but disrespect to the to Big East. The, the Big East is not. It's down this year. It's a it's little down. down. So it's down. So I was just bringing up Patrick Ewing being a legendary Nick and a Hall of Fame player. Took a long time to get a, a head coaching job. Got passed over for several NBA jobs. Seems so strange. It's very strange because he was a coach. It wasn't like he was just waiting around. For it was an assistant for on, a on long a good time. staffs. Jeff yes. Van Gundy staff, like Mike D'Antoni staff, Thibodeau, like like good staffs, man. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm glad Georgetown gave him a shot, and I'm glad as a Nick fan, I'm glad that you know he's he's in a tournament with his guys, and and hopefully they can win a game or two. But and another guy I want to bring up to you is a very controversial name, who brought his fifth team to the NCAA tournament, the Iona Ga- I- Iona Gales. Oh my Richard God. Pitino. Rick Pitino, excuse me. Rick. How funny is it that Kentucky and Louisville are both not in the tournament and Rick Pitino with Iona is in the tournament? You don't think he's sitting back with a glass of bourbon uh, and a cigar laughing at that? He's right over here watching us on the <laughs> podcast. He's like, look at these sons of bitches. They know the truth. Oh, my God. Um, it is Dude, that is something. It's uh, crazy. It's, and it's, they were a nine seed in their own tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's snakeable snake. I mean, let's be honest. He is the... He's he's probably not the 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 greatest guy. Oh, dude, we could go on and on. It's a family show, so we're not going to go that route. <laughs> but <laughs> however, but however, he <laughs> is indubitably a friggin' amazing he, basketball coach. I I would I, I, you get no argument here. Amazing basketball coach. Now, uh, when it comes to Patrick Ewing, I hated the Knicks. Uh, there's no need to hate the Knicks now because I know they're like a 500 team now, but who cares? To hate the Knicks now is just make. There's no yeah. There's yeah, you're no, just an angry person. They're not, they're not in the public eye in 10 years. Yeah, well, you need a hobby. But back then, um, I hated the Knicks. But as is the, often the case with a lot are of you, an, are you excuse, sorry to interrupt. Are you a net guy? I was and kind of still am. It's hard, but yeah, I guess so. Kerry Kittle, Kendall Gillier is really... Uh, you know, not for anything. When they left New Jersey, it kind of bothered me, so... I, yeah, I hear you. But I do like seeing the Nets on the jersey and they're winning games. They're still a part of me. I like when they wear those crazy blue uniforms. They have the black oh and God. whites or black and grays or whatever. The Aquaman yeah, yeah. uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a lot of respect for Patrick Ewing. He was a better college player than he was a pro. And that's saying something because he was a great pro. Yeah, because he went to the Knicks. That's a black cloud. Well, listen, they went to the finals once. Twice. 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 Didn't win it. But the, but the last one was the end of his career in 99. Yeah, he was a great player. I mean, he was a great player. He was a he was one of the last of the dominant centers. Uh, yep. the, the game no longer really appreciates that kind of player because it's just a dunk or a three-point league. And there's really not a big place. Even Joel Embiid, who is a back-to-the-basket kind of player, he also steps out a lot and, and hits threes and that kind of stuff. Big men now are just mostly defensive players, which he was an excellent defensive player. Um, probably deserved the championship, but he was around during the during the Jordan years, during the Olajuwon years, and that shit just wasn't going to happen. Um, but to be honest with you, uh, the fact that they were even as competitive as they were against the Bulls those years, I mean, Michael Jordan in that documentary was like, yeah. them at their best, us at our best, we're just way better. But those series weren't like that. They were they were brawls. They were tight. They were they were they, they, were, they were close. They were games. They, yeah, yeah, they were series. It, it wasn't, wasn't like blow. Yeah, four nothing sweeps, man. It was New York it was, was a battle. New York was physical. Patrick Ewing was physical. Um, you think of the the guys that were on that team and what they did, like Mason, Starks. These are Oakley. not. Yeah, these are not like. These guys, well, Starks might probably be in the league, but there's not a big place for like a Mason and an Oak. Like, the league no, isn't meant they, for those guys. They, they would play. They would play 12 minutes a game now, maybe yeah. if that. Like, you know, Mason you was a good. Oakley was a great rebounder, so maybe he would like a good defensive player and rebounder, so maybe he'd get some time. But like a small power forward, Mason, I, I don't even know if he's in the league nowadays. 
like even and those guys were crucial then they were crucial to that team oh absolutely so that's what got them that's what kept jordan out of the lane a lot of those games man just pounding his ass when he came in through there yeah and that was van gundy right 90, 90 the early 90s was pat riley it was pat van riley gundy was late 90s yeah okay yeah um those were well-coached teams, man. To get that, to get that kind of success, Van Gundy had Van Gundy had uh, like Camby and Larry Johnson, Spreewald, Allen Houston, those okay. teams. Yeah. Well, he did a good coach too, because those guys weren't that good either. He is. He. Yeah. I mean, he's a very good coach. The fact that no one's hiring him is bananas. Do you think me, no one's hiring him, or do you think he just doesn't he, want to? He's come out on Michael K. Show and has said, "My name's out there. I'll, I'll interview. I'll interview." Hmm. And I think I think Houston this year interviewed him. But you know what? They wanted to go in a young direction, and you know, and, and do he does think, a great job on on the on the games too. But do you think? I mean, he's said a couple goofy things over the years. I don't mean bad things. I just mean goofy. Do you, I don't think that could kill him. That I don't know. I'm just wondering. So. There's been worse guys getting jobs, man. I, That's true. I mean, and this he's he's a proven winner in the NBA. So I think it bothers me that Mark Jackson hasn't gotten another job. Well, I think that might be something you could, we can go down a different day with what he believes in off the court, whatever, because uh, I think there's been stuff said. Because um, he was as it? much a part uh, as building, of building that Golden State Warriors team as anybody. Absolutely. But, dude, you want to talk about not hiring – like, I, I bring Van Gundy back to the next – I like Tibbs now. But, dude, Derek Fisher, Jeff Hornacek. Uh, uh the the guy the guy with the glasses the guy who, uh, I don't know is Fisdale like dude oh these are, these are the guys that win the jobs over Jeff Ingle. so maybe you're right maybe there is something down that road there's something there or maybe deep down he does want to stay with ABC I don't know yeah but, I don't know if he'd want to go back but, to the but Knicks he's again qualified well I and, and listen and Tibbs has proven that he's a good coach because that roster is brutal too and he's got him 500 whatever he's got him so yeah, that's true. But 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 if but if Van Gundy well Van Gundy interviewed for the Houston job when they still had James Harden because that I think they've lost like eighteen games in a row or something right now so yeah but listen we're talking way too much NBA we're gonna turn off I know I can't, I can't we believe we even got this so far I apologize I know I apologize <laughs> well because we went off you went off on a uh, on a Patrick Ewing spree which is deserved it is amazing what what they did what he's done um, I just I don't think they're a particularly good team. I think you know I think they kind of pulled an Eli Manning with the Giants and they got hot at the right time. You know the funny thing is I think it'd be great for basketball if if he can turn that program back to what it was. There just was something about Georgetown. Um, they were almost like what? a villain. They were yeah. a bit of a villain, and I just think that I think teams like that are good for the sport. People know them, especially people my age know them as a great program and if that if he was able to bring them back to some kind of prominence it doesn't even necessarily have to be national championships but just some kind of prominence where they're a perennial 20 game winning team i think that's good for college basketball i, I just do i think that's sure. one of those programs that if he can do it especially if he brings back the, the dog in them like they used to have that you well know, that's that what i'm saying little, and yeah, if anybody's gonna it should be him sure yeah so yep. um you mentioned uh, a couple teams for upset alert. Do you have any others for the tournament that you're like, ooh, I don't know. I, the, the, I could see this team going down. So I got one that's I, I wouldn't I didn't put it on my bracket, but watching them play, and I have a I have a coworker whose son went to Colgate, so we kind of have a little Colgate fun once in a while, and he'll text me when they're when they're winning games. They score the basketball. They, they, they they're like in the 80s, averaging in whatever Patriot division I think they're playing the, in the Patriot League. 
We'll get you. And they were playing the Arkansas Razorbacks in round one. That thing is going to be a track meet. I was going to say, Arkansas doesn't oh, play any defense. man. So that is going to be a fun game, I think. That's a little underrated. I, I think I have Arkansas squeezing it out. But I think Colgate could hang around, especially for a team that has probably nobody over six feet seven. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but as the upset's going, I mean, I think that's it for me. I think, I think that's I an interesting one. I, I think You said you took Arkansas. I think I took Colgate. Ah, oh, fantastic. Because I think I, I was I saw that like Arkansas just is just they don't even bother playing defense. They're Loyola Marymount from the eighties or whatever eighties yeah. and nineties. Yeah. Like uh, they just don't play defense. So they do score a lot though. So I think that's an interesting one too. All right. So I don't have a final four in front of me, but I have my just, my two championship teams. I was just gonna teams. say that to you. Go ahead. Go so ahead. I guess I have I have uh, who are my who are the one seeds. So Gonzaga in the West, Michigan in the East, Baylor in the South, and Illinois in the Midwest. Okay. So you already said you had Gonzaga and Baylor in the final. You already said you had Florida State in the yeah. final four. So in the other bracket, it would either be Illinois, I would imagine, or Houston, nope. or West Virginia, nope. Oklahoma State. I think I have Illinois beating Oklahoma State. In the Elite Eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I think I have Illinois, Baylor, uh, Gonzaga and Florida and State. Gotcha. Yeah, I can't believe I ended up with Florida State there. It's probably a mistake. Listen, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Um, my final four: I have the Iowa Hawkeyes beating Gonzaga. That's a good basketball team. Uh, and I think getting out of the Big Ten is going to help them. I think getting out of the Big Ten for a lot of teams is going to because they beat the shit out of each other all Big year. Big Ten long. was the best conference in the country this year. I have Alabama beating my Michigan Wolverines wow. in, the, in the East bracket. I just don't think Michigan can overcome the Isaiah Levers injury. And wow, I you even talk about Michigan. you talk about unbiased observation and Listen, analysis we're, we're, here we're by Scott Bracy. Listen, my friend. going against his team, his beloved <laughs> Reens. I don't even know what to say. I'm impressed. I, I am. think you should pour another drink. To be honest, I'm going to have you, a but. sip. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Michigan even can get that far. Um, I think that. Yeah, I got to like lose we, we talked Sorry. about Juwan, and we talked about their – all right, don't have to rub it in. <laughs> we talked about Juwan and their and their their fight, and they're, they're a good basketball team, but I think losing their best player is going to hurt them if he doesn't come back. In the south, I have the Baylor Bears beating the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think I, I have really Ohio State losing a, a little earlier than that. Listen, I'd be all for that as well. I bet let's, you would. Oh, let's do that. And in the Midwest, I have Illinois fighting Illini beating the Houston Cougars, which I think is going to be a fantastic game if Houston can get there. I think Illinois is red hot. I, I was just going to say, Illinois is a pretty I good basketball team, coach. huh? I hate their coach. I think he's a little bit of a whiner, weasel kind of guy, but, you know, that happens in college basketball. It does. Um, and then in my final, Do I you have, like any of the other coaches in the Big Ten? I Yes, I do. The guys that suck. Um <laughs> I love the Northwestern coach and Nebraska. What a sweetheart. I was, I listen, I lit a candle when they fired the Indiana Minnesota coach. I thought that was a mistake. Um, is that, is that Miller? Archie Miller? Is that, um, the, the Miller yeah. from uh, Arizona's brother? Yeah, it is his yeah. brother. Okay. Yeah. They're both weasels later. Dick. Um, I have the Illinois fighting a beating the Alabama Crimson Tide in the championship game in a championship game. That's what you got. Yes, the championship game. Okay, yes, in the championship game, I have uh, Baylor versus the Zags. And while I think Gonzaga 
is probably the best team in the country. I think their lack of competition throughout the year and the fact that Baylor is playing, you know, regularly some pretty good teams, your Oklahoma State, your Texas Tech, your Oklahoma's like pretty Texas. Um, it's a good conference. It's, it's the second best conference this year. I yeah. Think. And they do play some pretty good defense. And Gonzaga is not known for their defense. And I just think uh, I think Baylor I think Baylor pulls it out. I think they win a good game, an wow. entertaining game. Probably a relatively high scoring game. Championship games are always interesting, even no matter who's playing in it. We usually we think there's gonna be a lot of points. And then as I like to say, the assholes pucker up because everybody's nervous. It and starts very slow. Yeah, so um I think uh, I I think it'll be a little lower. It'll be a higher scoring game than we're used to in championship games, but I think it'll be uh, a controlled, a little more controlled, especially in the second half. Things always slow down. If it's a close game, forget about it because every possession matters. I think Baylor pulls it out, which would be great. It's something different. It would be. Uh, it's something different, and um, it changes the recruiting patterns. It changes, um, you know, it just changes the uh, the the power structure, and I think it's good. I will say this, though, even if Gonzaga, whether Gonzaga wins or loses, um, I'll kind of be rooting for Gonzaga because as good as they've been for quite a long time now, you know, they're not one of the powerhouse teams. They're not one of the typical Blue Bloods. They're not from a big time conference. And I just think it's fun to have a team like that that's doing well. Like, it's just it's just so unusual and unique to have a team from such a you know, a weaker conference, smaller conference, whatever oh, yeah, you want definitely. to say, a definitely. non-power well, five yeah. conference to I consistently you, be, be that be, good. It would be really disappointing because this is Gonzaga's best team they've ever had. And they've had some good ones, but this is this is probably the best. It's probably the best, and it's probably the best year for them. Yes, to do it, yes. With, I don't want to say there's it's a weaker field because that's not fair to the teams that are, that are there because they're good. Like you mentioned, Illinois is a very good team. Baylor's a very good team. Alabama, you know, I'm sure they're a good team because there's, there's a reason you're putting them there. Um, they're going to have to beat some really good teams. And, you know, to, to, to go back to your original question, which was Gonzaga or the field, you know, I don't think there's 64 teams that can beat Gonzaga. Yeah, agreed. But if I'm being fair, there's probably a dozen that could beat them. I don't know if they will beat them. I'm just saying they could beat them. So, but I'll actually be, I'm going to be rooting to be wrong on this one. I'm rooting for Gonzaga. I'm rooting for Mark Few to get that first championship. I'm rooting for Gonzaga, a team in the, in the no, middle you're, of the Northwest you're not allowed. to get it. You got, you got the BYU shirt coming. You're not allowed. Sorry. BYU. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hydrate there. Oh, I feel so well, yeah, bad. everyone, everyone, enjoy the tournament. Buckle up. Next four days is gonna be phenomenal. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Yes, you're li- you're listening to Bump and Run with P. Calsano and Scott Bracy. As always, you can listen to us on <laughs> on uh, what can you listen to us on Spotify? You can listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, Bump and Run Cast. Um, and I will tell you, as I always do. Because I just think this is cool, Scott. I don't know about you. I just think this is cool. You can't do this on any other podcasting platform. If you use the Anchor app and you think you know something that we don't, or you think you're uh, we're wrong and you're right, you get to leave a voice message. <laughs> now, what's interesting is that we get the text messages from individual friends, Scotty. I don't know about you, but I, I get the text messages... 
and I love them all day long. Oh, yeah, they're great. They're great. Some of them are a little condescending, but most of the text messages are great. <laughs> uh, but what you can do, which would be better, is to go on the Anchor app and leave a voice message for us. And if you leave a good message, we'll either use part or all of your message on the next podcast. Because if it's a good statement or a good question, hell, we could either answer the question or, or, agree, talk, about or talk about the statement. Maybe make a great point. So... Um, we want to hear from you. All right. So that, that would be the anchor app. Listen to us. It doesn't matter. You can listen anywhere you want. We, we, nothing, it doesn't benefit us anyway, you know, but I just think that's a cool feature that you can't get anywhere else. Absolutely. So, um, we are waiting on a guest that's going to be joining us really soon. I think he did join us actually. Mike, you there? Yep. You hear me? All right. I do. Joining us now from the sports talk nation channel on YouTube. Is Mike Cohen. If you're looking for some rational, non-bombastic, like real talk, real straight sports talk, honest, then you need to check out Mike's channel, Sports Talk Nation on YouTube. Mike, thanks for joining us today, man. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me aboard. Uh, this couldn't, couldn't be a more crazier time, right? Oh, my God. We certainly, we certainly picked um, the best week to have you on. So it's... it's uh, it's good to have you with us. I'm going to start off with something here because I was listening to one of your most recent videos or watching one yeah. of your most recent videos, and you were saying something about this was like the Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, or frankly, any other quarterback. And while I was listening to it, I'm like, I don't know where he's going with this because you were almost contradicting yourself. And then I understood because you were saying, I don't know if I want to stay with Sam Darnold. I don't know if Zach Wilson's the answer. I don't know if any of these guys are the answer. And then you explained about the history of being a Jets fan and getting excited about quarterbacks. Could you uh, could you expand on that a little bit? Because I thought this I mean, was this sums it up. Yeah, I mean it's just like this. It's like Groundhog Day, right? We're all basically we're all basically Bill Murray. Every time we wake up, we have to hear Sonny and Cher every morning for like the last four. <laughs> Depending on how long you've been a Jets fan, I mean, for some like for fifty years. I mean, like 25 years, excuse me, uh, and it's just like this ever constant re repetition of the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like over the last, I, I, that's why I brought up like oh, most recently over the like last 10, 11 years, you know, oh, let's drift, they draft Mark Sanchez. You know, everyone's like, okay, this this guy's a top quarterback, was at USC, it's going to work out. And, you know, for first couple of years with Rex's defense and everything else, and the, and guys like Braylon Edwards and Santana Holmes was working out, and then... The bottom fell out, and it's like, yep. well, let's get rid of Sanchez. Let's let's uh, let's screw with his mind to bring in Tim Tebow, and then we have Geno Smith come aboard, and then they have people saying, wow, Geno Smith, you know, he, he was great at uh, West Virginia. Let's try this second round pick, and that didn't work out at all. And then we go with you know Christian Hackberg, who never saw the field, and now with Sam Darnold. And awesome. the only reason why I say I caution people like saying, you know, I hear all this great stuff about Zach Wilson, and I see the tape. Yeah, yeah, he's electric. The kid's electric. Has a great arm. Um, you could say the same thing about Justin Fields, big time arm. Um, I would be a little more worried about Wilson uh, or by Fields, but the fact that he gets hit so much, uh, Wilson, uh, Wilson's a little more elusive in the pocket, but how do I know that this guy's going to become, come here second overall pick and turn into, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes? I have no idea, especially when you're going up against what Texas state and, you know, who, <laughs> who knows who else? The Grand coastal Grand Carolina every week, you know, it's, it's terrible. It is, it is, um, it is problematic, and that really does define 
the problem with being a Jets fan and then define the problem with getting excited about players or or quarterbacks specifically coming in yeah. and they're going to be the savior, right? Like we get our hopes up and then we get them dashed. I remember specifically back to the Parcells years, the the second year with Testaverde. Mm-hmm. I remember that season starting and that team was pretty complete. And Testaverde yeah. drops back on like the first pass and blows out his Achilles. Yeah. And I remember yeah. sitting down saying, that's it. The season just ended. Like the Jets just have a way of getting our hopes up and then just crushing our hearts. It, it was it was it was it was like a it was like a it was like a painful death, right? When watching, you know, you're, oh you're sitting there, you see, you know, he's injured, you know, he's out for at least a couple of weeks, and then Greg Gumble comes on, and he's like, "Well, folks, uh, Vinny Testaverde has an Achilles tendon injury. Uh, that means he's done for the year." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and then we're left with Tom Tupa and yeah. uh, Rick Meyer, Rick Meyer, Ray. What what was that boy's 1999? Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. That sounds about right. It was tough. So yeah, I mean, it was. Good. Uh, you pointing at Scott? Yeah, Scotty. If you have a yeah, que- you yeah. have a question for Mike? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Pete. Mike. First of all, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate yeah. it. Um, as a Jeff fan, mm-hmm. do you think that they should go? They should keep the number two pick and go offensive line or go defense or trade back and get more bodies or get a quarterback at number two. What do you think? What What would be your plan? What would be the way you go? To this draft looking like boy i mean i know when I, my most recent video i said you know just just take the tackle out of oregon but you know he didn't he didn't play it all last year no it scares so, me. It scares uh, me. That, that, that's bad that's a bit of a, that is a scary point um i would i would just trade back i mean i i understand that it's you know the the fan base wants to go out there and get the you know next shiny toy in zach wilson and he may turn out like i said we don't know what he's going to turn out to be he may turn out to be great but i would trade back get as many picks as you possibly can I would love to get my hands on one of these corners. From I mean, there are a lot of good corners in this yeah. draft. Yeah. And maybe even one of these receivers. Uh, now, probably Jamar, if you're going to trade back, let's just say with Carolina, that's the number eight pick, you're probably not going to get Jamar Chase. Maybe you end up getting a – maybe Devontae Smith falls that far. I have no idea. But, man, if you could get one of those guys. Uh, like like a Patrick Sertan at a corner or a Jalen Waddle maybe oh, there too. Yeah. Like, And then you have more bodies. You have more picks. Because I, I, I've been, Mike, I've been saying this for weeks with Pete. I think you guys need bodies. Yes. Just bodies. Need more talent. And if you can get that, and now take advantage of these draft picks you got. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it's, I mean, it looks like they may lose that on Juju Smith-Schuster. It sounded like they were going to go after him today, and now they're going after Keenan Cole. From yeah, they Jaguars. signed Keenan Cole, yeah. One year, so, one year, five million or something I yeah. saw right before we came on today. <clears throat> yeah. I have so no Juju's idea. probably out now, right, you would Correct. imagine? I would imagine. I would think. I mean, who knows? Maybe that. Maybe they'll uh, put one over our heads and say, uh, and say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to bring in Juju as well and just load up on receivers." But uh, um, I would imagine they're probably maybe they have their eyes on one of these guys in the draft. You well, if they, if if they do that, that's a good point, Mike. If they do Juju now, that means you're probably going to keep Sam or okay. draft Wilson at two, and then just load up on the rest of draft O line and defense. You, I, I would think. You would think. I mean, it almost like tips their hand. Like if they bring it if bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, it's like, oh yeah, we're bringing in Sam's favorite receiver for when he was actually having his best year in college. Yeah. Here he comes. <clears throat> I've been very high on Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. I think he shows all the traits that you want to see in a quarterback, and um, and 
and and I waffle back and forth forth on this. Me and Scotty have gone back and forth on this countless times. It's probably nauseating to the listeners at this point um, because I'll say one day keep Sam and the next day he's got to go. And it really, my reasons for both have nothing to do with the players necessarily so much as it is a salary cap and a, and a salary issue that we, while I love Sam and I think there's still a ton of talent there, I don't know that. And, you know, were they going to pay him $13 million this year? And it's not too bad as I th- – it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be for the following year, 2022, if they did pick up that 50-year option and only be a little under $19 million. But that's still $19 million for a guy you have no idea how good he is. And I, and I make the argument all the time, if you, put, uh, if you put weapons around them, things can be very different. But there's one thing that I've really been thinking about for the last week about Sam that kind of keeps – kind of irking me a little bit and this is not just the Jets issue this goes back to his time with USC he does turn the ball over a lot so you can't even just say well it's only with the Jets that that's the case it did happen with USC a lot it was kind of the only knock on him coming out of college so now I put this idea together with like you know we got a guy who turns who continues to turn the ball over and he's going to cost me almost 19 million do I want to stick with that guy? And I don't even know if I don't even know if he's that good. I mean, he's like the worst, one of like the lowest rated quarterback in the league right now. It's just such a mm-hmm. tough decision. I just it think is. from a money, considering those things, and from a money perspective, I think if I was Joe Douglas, I would probably be move on. I, I can't, I can't blame you for feeling that way. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's a lot of money that you have to commit to for next year. And you just don't know who uh, he and, is. Yeah, and just who he is. I mean, he's he's Douglas has had a front row seat to this for the last, you know, better part of the last two seasons now. And it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse. Now, could a lot of that be all of Adam Gase's fault? I think it could be. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't didn't, didn't Denzel Mims throw out a missive like saying, oh, you know, wasn't all – oh, man, somebody threw a missive out saying it was not all Adam Gase's fault. It was partially Darnold's fault. But Oh, I don't know. You know, I, wow. I, 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 I if, think if, I remember if reading guy... something like that. I don't, I don't want to, like – you know, don't quote me saying, "Oh yeah, Denzel Mims said this," but you know, I I think that some some players said something or was rumors about players saying something like grumbling about it. I don't know, but that would be tough. If that guy was still on the roster to say yeah. something like that. <laughs> that would be problem. Yeah. Um, but the only the one thing I keep coming back to is the fact that if you get, you could probably do this kind of like Chicago, and I know Chicago's messed up their quarterback situation to a fairly well with uh, what's going on right now with you know Andy bringing Andy Dalton and all the problems they got over there, but you could stick with Sam, gamble for this year. You don't have to pick up that fifth-year option, and who knows? You know, there may be another quarterback in the draft next year that we're not talking about. You know, a year ago we weren't talking about Zach Wilson. Right. There may be somebody next year that may be that kind of player coming out as well. So it's always a gamble. It's a gamble because right now you can get something for him. Yeah. And if you don't pick up that fifth-year option, he can kind of just walk. I don't think they would franchise tag him. That'd be a hell of a thing, but it is again. This is the this is the conundrum that the Jets are in. This is the kind of predicament that they're in. Is that what do you do? It's just not clear. It's, I was telling Scotty a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about this, and I said, "When have we ever seen a quarterback that has performed this poorly have so many people, so many football people, people who really know football and inside inside the NFL defending a guy like this? Yeah, like defending someone who's just been." this bad like or or statistically has been this bad but it's just there's that many people that love his game love his style love his ability love his toughness mental toughness all the way he's handled himself 
it's just um, it can't be it can't be blown off. If it was one guy, if it was just you know dumb Dan Orlovsky on ESPN that said it, then you'd be like, whatever, it's just him making noise. There's a lot of people that come to Donald's defense, so it makes you just go, huh, maybe maybe he deserves another chance. But then the money creeps in. So it's just like yeah. this back and forth with that kind of thing. It's just so fascinating. I, I think the only reason why people come to his defense, I mean, there's a couple reasons. And uh, there two two different names come up. One, Adam Gase. The other, Ryan Tannehill. For sure. And everyone looks at Tannehill leaving uh, leaving Gase in Miami and flourishing with the Titans. I, my, my, my retort to that is, well, he has Derrick Henry. Do the Jets have Derrick Henry in their backfield? <laughs> Definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nor do they have that I, offensive I, line. Yeah. Mike, I've been saying that for weeks too, that the Derrick Henry factor. But I also think you guys left out another factor that I think you can't underestimate is the fact the mono year. That whole, that whole mm. year to me is a wash because when you miss, you miss the end of training camp. Yeah, you, it set you, him you back set, big time. It sets you back and then you come back to a mess. And like you guys with Adam Gase – it's a bigger mess. So I think uh, that's why I think there the potential is still there because yeah. we just don't know. But like you said, when the money comes in, it makes you nervous. Man. I, it think, does. I think things changed last week when it came out that the, the fifth year um, wouldn't be 25, wouldn't be 25 million. It'd be more like 18, 19 million. I think that only made the decision even harder. So... <clears throat> it's a, it's an interesting spot. Mike, I wanted to ask you about um, the free agents that the Jets did pick up. They kind of came out of the box pretty quick with some nice signings. Mm -hmm. Corey Davis, Carl Lawson. Uh, I liked I liked those those signings a lot. Younger guys who look like they're coming into their prime, um, not on their way out of their prime like some of the other free agent signings throughout the league. What are your thoughts on what they've done so far in free agency? Well, they haven't gone for the big names yet. I mean, they're wait, they're kind of waiting things out. Uh, as we talked about earlier with Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe they maybe they will, maybe they won't go after him. But they go out there, they get uh, you know a couple of players with Lawson and Davis who have quote unquote potential. I mean, that could be that could be a good, a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I, I I like from what I see from Davis, the guy seems is is pretty explosive. He's a big tall receiver, which they haven't had in a while. Um, now, he was the number two guy in Tennessee. And, of course, when you have A.J. Brown there, makes things a little bit easier. Now he may be that number one guy. I think if you get somebody else in there, or maybe if Denzel Mims steps up and has a big year this year, that makes the Davis sighting even better. Uh, Lawson, I think, is kind of a wild card because you take a look at the analytics, and everyone's talked about you know the, the quarterback pressures, and he's always uh, almost always getting in on a play. Yeah, thirty-two quarterback pressures was yeah. either the most or the second most in the NFL last year. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> you know, has only started the, the, the other side of that other side of the coin is he's only started fourteen games in the last three years and had you know eleven eleven and a half sacks. Of course, a lot of that due to injuries. So, I'm very curious to see what kind of player he's going to be in this defense. I mean, Robert Sala's defense is all predicated on pressure and. Of course, uh, great play on the uh, by the front seven. Of course, the linebackers. So I'm very curious to see how he's going to to be placed in this defense. I mean, some I would say maybe more of like a Calvin Pace kind of kind hmm. of player. And I thought that's not a bad thing if, if that's what he turns into with the Jets. Interesting. <laughs> Mike, Pete, would you guys be opposed taking a running back at 22? I'm Mike. I'll let you go first on that one. Go ahead. 
Uh, let me ask Scott, Scotty, who are you thinking of first? And that's 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 the big question. I think I think it's two guys. I don't know. I don't know who else is taking running back, but I think it's two guys. I think it's uh, the kid Harris at Alabama and Travis Etienne at Clemson. And I know there's a guy in North Carolina that I like. I think his last name is Williams. I'm not sure on the first name. Um, but I think it's I think it's Etienne. I think Etienne could be a great pickup for you guys if you got with, with um, Lafleur's offense. Yeah, he's like an Aaron Jones type player. You get him in the you get him out in the, the wing. Got the ball to him that way too, and he's a tough player. I I like I like. I like four-year college players, and I like the program he's coming from. Obviously, it's no joke. Yeah. So, and obviously Alabama either. That's the that's the cream of the crop as well. But I think he's more of a physical back, Harris. But I think what you guys want to do is get the ball out in space. So, mm-hmm. um, either one of those two guys, would you guys be all right with it? If you guys, if you guys get a couple more alignment of free agency, you mm-hmm. get another defender of free agency. Would you be upset if you took a running back there, or wait too early? You got you 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 think you get someone in the fourth or fifth round that'll do just as good of a job? I, I mean, if usually teams like to, you know, the, the consensus usually is like you know you wait to, wait to draft a running back till later. I know everyone says you know don't draft one in the first round. Everyone got on the Giants over Saquon, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I mean to me, I mean if if that's the best, if if either Etienne or Harris are there and they're the best running back on the board at that moment, would I be opposed to it? No, I mean the Jets haven't had a big uh, that real big time feature back since what? I mean, you got to go what to Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones, yeah. Before yep. that, but Thomas Jones and even at the end of the end of the road for uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, but they haven't had that real big back um, that could take some pressure off the quarterback. Yeah, and that's really th- the thing that I would be thinking about, whether it's Darnold or Wilson or whoever's back there. You want to try to protect your quarterback and take as much pressure off of him as possible. So would I take a running back there if it's one of those two guys and the best available? I would at least consider it. Mm-hmm. At least consider it. Yeah, so while I wouldn't cry, I wouldn't cry if the yeah. Jets took an Etienne. I like him better also. Yeah. I just think he's a more versatile weapon. I'm going to take Joe Douglas at his word. Uh, he says he, he wants to build this team through the draft. And Joe Douglas has made it pretty clear that you build the team from the inside out. You build the team from your, your offensive, and offensive and defensive lines out. Um, so and, and I'm of that same ilk. Uh, if All the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes fans out there, you saw a perfect example. And anybody who just wants receivers and just wants, you know, pretty players, if you don't, you could be Patrick Mahomes. And if you don't get the protection... And if they're not opening holes, it doesn't matter how good your skill position players are. Uh, they're just not going to get off. You need to build the offensive line, and the Jets, frankly, have one of the worst. And I would much rather see them, if they don't do it with the second pick, uh, you know, uh, it depends on – that second pick depends on so many friggin' variables that I yeah, can't even begin yeah. to imagine where they're going to go with that. It I mean, domino affects your whole draft. Yeah, honestly. if it ended up they're keeping Darnold and they get a Panay Sewell or Slater from Northwestern or something like that, then that might change my what I would would want them to do with this with that second first round pick, that twenty second pick. But assuming that they either go quarterback or some or trade out or something like that, man, I'd rather just c- continue to see them get linemen, get get an offensive lineman. Uh, regardless, here's the way I look at it too. Regardless of whether you keep Sam or you bring in. A rookie. I don't even care which one. If you're going to bring in a rookie, you're going against three of the best defensive coaches in the NFL. They're all in your division: McDermott, uh, Belichick, and um, what's his name in Miami? I'm drawing, drawing a blank. 
Who's the head coach for Miami? Uh, Brian Brian Flores. Flores. Yes. I mean, you got three of the best defensive coaches all in your all in your division. One of them is the best all time. Mm. So I want to protect my quarterback and protect my 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 investments in the backfield as much as I can. And I want to start building that offensive line. So I would prefer to go. Again, I'm not going to get upset if they go at the end or something like that. But if there's. Well, that's, a, that's what I was going to say. Because it was those two guys to me. And then I think that there are running backs later. But those guys are difference makers in my eyes. Yeah. So I just yeah. figured I'd I just don't question. think you can make a difference if you don't have. If you don't have yeah, time right. or if you don't have holes. Right. I just. You know, you got Etienne who's running behind a Clemson line against ACC t- talent and defense. You know, I don't know. So. Um, so what, what else, Mike, what else are you thinking about for this draft besides, you know, everybody just thinks about the first round, mm. but looking, you know, it's a whole draft it's like, Oh, what are we doing? First, first round. That's all that matters. No, that really isn't what matters. Most of your depth comes from your entire draft. So what are, what are you thinking? What are you seeing about what the jets could do in their draft as a whole? I think, uh, I mean, in a, as a whole, I mean, I, Considering the number of picks they have, they I mean, have like what nine, nine picks in this yeah. draft. Yeah, um, and it really depends on what they do with the, those first two picks. Uh, I would try to let's ju- let's just say for the sake of argument, they take a quarterback at two, and they take I don't know. Let's just say they take a guard at at twenty three. All right. So then I'd I'm be totally okay draft. with that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. And let's just say you know you're looking at that that early pick in that at uh, thirty four in the second round. You know, maybe there you get your running back, or maybe mm-hmm. you go after your wide receiver or tight end in that third round. Really, you want to try to get some weapons there offensively, but I do think, you know, with Robert Sala there, um, with his focus on defense and playmaker, play, and want to get a lot of playmakers on the defensive side, they haven't really addressed defense at all in this free agency. I wonder if that kind of tips their hand a little bit into what they may be thinking. Maybe they're looking long-term in the, in the draft is saying, hey, look, let's get some defensive guys here. Let's get some corners in here. You know, maybe we can, because uh, it's so, so deep in that position. But I'm, what, what I'm looking for is really trying to add depth at and answer some holes, offensive line, and also in the secondary. That's really, those, those are my two biggest concerns going into this, into this, into this draft, and even free agency for that matter. Uh, and I, I, w- I would say running back, tight end, receiver would be kind of, would just be, Icing on the cake, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Just you know, that, that, just to add to that as well. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm a big fan of Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah. So when we talk about like that early I pick, I heard that episode. You were just you were going. You were like you just gave the best argument for Kyle Pitts ever. <laughs> Scotty texted me afterwards. He's like, "Dude, you're just out of control with this guy." <laughs> I just, I just think I think this is of all the players in the draft. I think he's the one can't miss. I think he's the only one that. Um, I don't care what team he ends up on. It could be the worst team in the league, the, the Jets, and uh, and I think he's going to do great. I just think he's that. I just think he's a night a matchup nightmare for defenses. I just don't think he can miss. And I never disagreed with that. I just think for you guys, I don't two think is it's high. Time. Yeah, I, I mean two right is high. Either. Two is certainly yeah. high. I just think uh, it's a nice security blanket. Um, and you guys, especially you, you bring in a rookie quarterback. Too. As Mike pointed out, too, you guys need a lot. So yeah, that's, there's a lot. That's why, As I'm saying, yeah. like when you say, like, could you take this guy, dude? You could. Phew. You can make, you can come up with every scenario possible. <laughs> you really can. You really can. I mean, that's what. And the, you know, this kind of relates to the Deshaun Watson and and Russell Wilson stuff too, because everyone's saying, oh, you know, the Jets should trade all their picks and get one of these veteran quarterbacks. So I'm thinking to myself, 
yeah, it'd be great, but you're trading all that capital. You don't have an offensive – all these things we talked about, offensive line, you know, running back, running game, tight end. You don't have all these things there. And considering what the Jets are kind of doing right now in the offseason so far with free agency, I think it kind of shows that they better off just keeping all the picks they possibly can and just go and fill as many needs as possible over the ne- – not just this year, but the next two years. I think you make some great points there. Um, I have two more things that I want to get to. We're talking to Mike Cohen of Sports Talk Nation on YouTube. Definitely check his channel out. Lots of great stuff. Great arguments are made. Just excellent information. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is that the one team that made a huge splash in free agency spent a ton of dough um, right there in our division, the New England Patriots. Mm. Um, I have my opinion, uh, how I view what they did. Mike, what do you think about, you know, they made some big moves. Is, is, are they now, the, again, once again, the team to beat in the, in the AFC East? I would say probably, I mean, they're not the, I don't think they're the team, team to beat. I still think it's Buffalo's team to beat uh, in the division. But they're certainly, they, they may have passed Miami. I mean, that may be embedded to second place in the division. <laughs> uh, you go out there, you bring in a lot of talent. You guys like Nelson Aguilar. You got the two tight ends in Hunter Henry and, and Janu Smith. Pi Smith, probably the better of the two. Um, they beefed up the defense. I mean, of course, you know, typical Belichick, he has to go out there and get his ex-Jet player to find out all the inf- what's all the inf- inside information. Let's <laughs> talk to get Henry Anderson. Uh, and then they bring in Kyle Van Noy. And, you know, they, they did a lot. They did a lot. Um, if I were a Patriot fan, I'd be delirious. But at the same time, let me just let me just drop a little statistic here for you. And as Jet as as Jet fans, we all can relate to this. The team that spends the most in the offseason doesn't necessarily end up uh, with the yeah. most success come September and October, and yeah. you know, obviously in December. So they look good. I mean, if you if you based everything on paper, I would say, yeah, the Patriots are back being the Patriots again. They'll be a playoff team, but I don't know if it's going to work, and especially with their quarterback being Cam Newton, yeah, who's kind of hobbling around. Uh, I think they'll probably end up drafting one of these quarterbacks, probably like someone like uh, Trey Lance could end up in, in New England, wouldn't be shocked, or Mac Jones. And it'll be just kind of like a wait and see from that standpoint. But they certainly are – they're in a conversation. Let's just say that. Yeah, when I was watching this in, in real time and it was just like one New England signing after another, it was like, holy shit, like they're really loading up. And then as I kind of digested it that night and then a day later and they picked up Hunter Henry the next morning, it just it started to dawn on me kind of along what you're saying. Like this just reeks of desperation for me. Um, Aguilar had 50 catches last year. I had a bunch of touchdowns, which is what it's all about. But he had 50 catches. He's not a pro bowler. Neither one of those tight ends. While Smith, I agree, is the better of the two. um, Neither one of them has ever been to a pro bowl. Never one never been selected for a pro bowl. Hunter Henry is hurt a lot. He's often not available. Um, and, and in the end, your quarterback is still Cam Newton, who'll throw a five-yard out into the dirt. So mm-hmm. I think they are better. I definitely think they are better. I just look at it and I say, you know, you get a 69, 70-year-old coach who can't wait to build a team over the next three or four years and he's looking to take one more swing to kind of prove his worth as Tom Brady went and proved his value with Tampa after leaving New England, answering the question of who was the uh, who was the dynasty all about? Was it Belichick or was it Brady? Well, you know, at least at this in the short term, it's clearly, you know, more about Brady. I think that's unfair 
to mm-hmm. judge the whole thing in that way because Earl in the, at least for the first two Super Bowls, Brady wasn't the Brady that we know now. It was mm-hmm. that was all about defense. Um, but I think Belichick looks it looks a little desperate to me, and I think it's just an older guy who's looking in the mirror saying, "I I don't have ten years to build up a program again, and I'm going to take take a shot." I just I think they're still stuck with Cam Newton. I don't think they're going to be bad. No, but I think they're more uh, still like an eight and eight, nine and seventeen. Exactly, that's pretty know. much it. I, I, I could just see it now. I, I don't know when they're going to schedule that Bucks uh, Patriots game. What part of the schedule is going to fall at? But it's at Foxborough just, too. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine if Brady walks in there and beats Belichick and the, and the Patriots just like beats him silly and Belichick Belichick's going to hide for a week. He's never going to. Oh out. <laughs> he might retire right after the game. <laughs> now in Belichick's defense, they had a number of players opt out for COVID. Uh, who knows if he had them opt out? I don't know. So those players will be back, but um, we'll we'll see. Listen, sometimes desperation works out just fine. You could be desperate and things go just the way you want. It's just I, I wouldn't want to build the team that way. Mike, I'll ask you one more question. We started the show off talking about Drew Brees retiring, and uh, we'll just give you the floor and 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 ask you what your thoughts are on on one hell of a career that he had. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you talk about a guy who turned everything around after such a rough start in San Diego, and I I, I mean, we all remember the injury that he had uh, at the end of that tenure in San Diego. The last game of the year was in two thousand and five. And I remember people were like, you know, is this guy's career ever going to get started? Is he ever going to get back on the field? You know, the injury looked horrible. Basically, his arms dangling off of his body, and he just turned into, you know, easily one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, there's no no doubt about that. I mean, he turned around an entire city. He put it. I mean, you talk about someone, you know, going all in, and we always talk about like people who, you know, players who sign with teams. You know, we wonder, you know, are they going to put in the effort when they get paid? Are they going to? Are they going to? go all in with the system, and this guy went to New Orleans and said, you know what, I know this team has been bad for decades. I don't care. This is my team. I'm going to put this team in, my, in this city on my back, and that's what he did for 15 years. I mean, he it was incredible what they did. Uh, I, I kind of wish they had been to at least one more Super Bowl. Yeah, we I mean, mentioned they had that earlier, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the one they – the game where they got screwed against the Rams, they should have won the Super Bowl that year. I mean, they, they would have gone up against a bad Patriots team. So, right. Um. Yeah, I think yeah, it was, was great timing with Breeze and Sean Payton kind of getting there more or less at the same time. That pairing, timing is everything so often, and that timing was absolutely perfect between those two. I agree with you. Yeah. It was a heck of a thing. Mike, we absolutely appreciate you joining us, man. I hope you uh, join us again. It's Mike Cohen, Sports Talk Nation on YouTube. Check out his channel. Mike, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll have to Thanks, do it again. Mike. Appreciate right, it, man. Care. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Mike's got great stuff. He's got great stuff. Awesome, I love man. the guys who have the stats great. just ready to go, man. And you can tell you can tell he's all in. He's all in with football. I know he if you go to his channel, he does other sports too. Don't get me wrong. He do, he's a sports guy. Like you can just tell he's just like a sports guy. He dives into the sports. Like it's just how he and you and you could and you could tell like a little bit of your voice the Jets paint them. They, oh, they just, that's why. It, 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 oh, that's why goodness. I had to I had to start the conversation off with with what I saw because when if you go to, the, to, to it's one of his most recent videos, and he's kind of I don't want Sam, but maybe I do. I don't want Zach Wilson, but maybe. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You can't, you can't. And I'm, and then he goes, he just goes into the history of quarterbacks <laughs> with the Jets, yeah. and I'm like. 
Oh my God, he's a hundred percent right. Because I as you've to... said, how many times have you said yeah. to me, but dude, they're the Jets, and it's like you throw your hands up and you well, yeah, you're right. And I, that's I got no fight left. Yeah. Uh... I wrote I wrote something down that he said and you brought it up too. It was like Do the Jets give up on quarterbacks too soon? He's like, You got it wrong, you got it right, like and like you said with the money, can you afford to give Sam another shot or and with it's, the number two pick, there's just there's so much there, bro. Yeah. Like it's And we talked about this last week and he kind of alluded to it a little bit. You let Sam go and he goes to the Steelers and uh he sits behind Ben for a year and then he's a starter and he and he balls out while you're, you know, saying, What the hell do we do drafting Zach Wilson? Or you keep Sam and he's kinda maybe a little better than what we thought, but it, he's kinda what we thought, and Zach Wilson ends up going to Carolina. And three years from now, on a quarterback with a rookie contract and a loaded team, I know. I Carolina's know. <laughs> in, the, in the Super Bowl, and you're like, "What the hell?" You're just waiting for the Jets to mess up, and unfortunately, that's the history of this team. Fortunately, I think. Well, I shouldn't say fortunately. I'll just leave it at I think. <laughs> I think they have the right people in place in leadership right now. I think ownership has taken a little bit of a back seat. I think they've given Joe Douglas the keys to the car, and I think Joe Douglas is the right man for the job. He's certainly highly thought of around the league. I think Robert Sala is going to be a good head coach. He certainly has the respect around the league. He certainly had the respect of his players on San Francisco, but without any experience as a head coach, we don't know, but I think so. Those are those are some things to positive be positive signs early, right? Yeah, to be hopeful for, and um, we'll just see what happens. So we talk, we could talk free agency all day. We could talk the whole draft all day. If they don't get the quarterback right, it just doesn't matter. Nope. Yeah, I mean, this is this is why we now. I'm a Jets fan, but I'll talk about the whole league. I mean, I just love football, and I love college football and all kinds of football. So I'll talk about all of it, and we do talk about all of it. But this one decision on this one position is just so unique. Like, Carolina is not wondering what they want to do with their quarterback position. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, even Chicago, they're not wondering what they want to do. They want to upgrade. They want someone else. They want to got Andy Dalton, which – they didn't upgrade but you know what i'm saying like yeah it's such a twist the plot of what to do because what happens downstream from what they do never never works in the jets favor you know it's just such a hell of a decision so (laughs) (laughs) and and the funny thing is so so you know people could tell us like well you guys you guys hang on this this topic all the time listen once the draft comes the discussion is over Right. You know what I mean? Six weeks. weeks, This is all supposition right now. We're all making these predictions or possibilities, options, opportunities. When that draft comes, the decision will have been made at that point. And then the conversation about it is over. So, but it's just, it's compelling as hell. You know, the Deshaun Watson, stay. do you stay or do you go? The Russell Wilson, do you stay or do you go? Can you get rid of him? I mean, these are compelling issues until they're not compelling issues until they're settled 
Now, once they're settled, they're done, you know, but that's what this, you know, this is what the situation. Think of Dak. We talked about Dak with Dallas. I don't know, two years, not us specifically, but like the, the yeah. conversation about Dak, uh, Dak Prescott signing with Dallas. Do they sign him? Do they not? It's been a two year conversation. And in within two days of him signing that contract, we don't talk about it anymore. We just don't talk about it anymore because it's in the past. It's, it's over. over. The, decision yeah, the decision has, decision been, has made. been made. We can discuss right the decision, but how long can you discuss the fact that they overpaid for a mediocre quarterback? Who you Listen. think is a top 10 quarterback? I think he's number 10. You think I should he's have asked five? Mike. I should have asked Mike uh, what he thought about that. that. I didn't gonna, think about that one. Too back. late. I was too late. So uh, we are right around our point. Dude, do you have anything else you want to get to? Um, I was going to bring up the golf, but I don't think the tournament was all that uh, compelling last week. So I will I'm say this. I will only say this about golf since, you're gonna, since you brought it up. Um, DeChambeau is the new Tiger Woods. Uh, must see TV. He's just must see TV, dude. Yeah. It's like yeah. he's gonna. It could be an implosion. It could be a 380 yard drive. Oh my! Over a friggin' body of water. He's just must see TV, and um, you know, I think golf is in a very healthy place right now without Tiger. It's better with Tiger, but listen, all everyone moves on. Everyone gets older and moves on. And listen, we the, might not, we might not see Tiger again, so we better get used to it. There's a very good Who chance knows? of that. I think. With DeChambeau doing his DeChambeau thing, uh, golf is in a really good place. It's in a really healthy place because they got a guy. I think uh, I think there's other compelling players. I think Jordan Spieth is right behind him. But I think the most yeah. compelling player in golf right now is DeChambeau. And he's just unique in his body type. He's unique in the way he goes about the game. And he's just must-see TV. Win, lose, or draw. And I think when you get into the majors, attitude, cocky-wise, Brooks Kepka comes in, talent-wise, and and driving ability, Dustin Johnson comes back in. Um, you mentioned Spieth blowing these blowing these leads time after time, and uh, like there's a couple other guys in there too. But like you know, like but there is a guy, there is a focus, and that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely good for the sport, and it's fun as hell to watch. I mean, you just feel like you can't walk away. You know what I mean? You're watching until you just feel he can't walk away because he's going to do something well, wild. Well, and was, it could be well, one was, of these drives that just goes 60 yards off off path, you know, 400 yards down the course, but, you know, 50 yards off path, which is great, too, because then he's, he's got to make some buck wild he's recovery. Behind, he's sitting behind an ice cream truck or something like that. You just don't know. Just, just must see TV. Even Sunday, he was, what, four back? And then he got it to, like, two back? At yeah. the, like, he's never out of it like that. <laughs> When you drive it that well. And you know how compelling a guy is when he's not leading the tournament, but yet the TV cameras are on him for every shot he takes. That's Tiger Woods. That was Tiger Woods yep. for, I don't know, 20 years, 15 years, yep. whatever it was. So um, I agree with you. That's cool. Dude, I think we're going to wrap it there. Sounds good to me, brother. Hey, man. I think um, we're going to have to have Mike Collin back. He was awesome. That's Mike Collin, Sports Talk Nation on YouTube. We'll have more guests coming up. We're moving and shaking, dude. We got things going on. We got things Listen, going on. Listen, man. Enjoy the tournament. I hope Florida State loses tomorrow, whenever the hell they play, Friday, <laughs> Saturday. Um, enjoy the tournament. Um, weather's getting better. We're going to be getting off playing golf ourselves soon, which is which is nice. For sure. Need that so, weather to break. Yeah. Mike, definitely have Mike back on. And thank you again for joining us, Mike. It was a great, it was a great segment. Cool. And uh, maybe around the draft, we'll get him back. All right, I'm Pete Colasano, and for Scotty Bracey, 
This is Bump and Run. We'll see you guys next time.